I had a very strange childhood. Had the worst case any doctor had ever seen. My job is to keep healing. So that is the story. We all have remarkable stories within us. Stories of adversity, challenges, triumphs, and ultimately of healing. This is Your Health, Your Story, the podcast. I'm excited for today's guest because it's someone I've known for many years and someone that I know gets what we do here at Innovative Medicine and is part of a new paradigm in medicine. She trained directly with my father and I had the honor to pick her brain as we traveled and taught doctors around the world. I was thrilled to hear that she wrote a book and jumped at the opportunity to bring her on to the podcast. She's got an incredible grasp of energy medicine and its vital place in healing. From her clinic, the Clear Center of Health in the San Francisco Bay Area, to her work as Chief Medical Officer of Resonance Technologies Group, she's been on the cutting edge of integrative medicine. This is the story of your pristine blueprint with Dr. Beth McDougall. Dr. McDougall, thank you so much for coming on the show and congratulations on the new book. We've known each other for a number of years going back been through different types of medical seminars and your father, my father and you got together and trained together. And reading this book was like a trip down memory lane in many ways and, and brought up so many good, you know, memories of what medicine should be and where we believe it's going. So congratulations on that. But I wanted to ask you about the name of the book, Your Pristine Blueprint. And if you could tell us how you came up with that and why you use that to name the book. Yeah, I started thinking about this concept back about 30 years ago, actually. Um, I was studying in a department of neurobiology and looking at embryologic development of chicks. And I just very much got into kind of morphogenic field type research and and this, this concept that at the moment of our conception, a blueprint forms that can become a physical template for our physical form and can guide our growth and development as an embryo. And then later in life contains the operating instructions for our exquisitely complex physiology. You know, when you think about that, we have 37 trillion cells, each with millions of chemical reactions happening every second in a coordinated manner. There is something that is orchestrating that level of complexity that has not yet been explained by our current science. And so I believe that there is this this kind of operating instruction set that, that is the orchestrator of that. And in the beginning, right, when we're we're forming, this is pretty uncorrupted information. And then as we go through life, this gets contaminated or corrupted by misinformation. And actually, you mentioned how we've known each other a really long time and how I've done a lot of studying with your father. And he used to drive that point home quite a bit too, where he would just be always talking about how everything contains information. And you know, some information is in harmony with the body and other information is not. So misinformation progressively begins to guide our physiology as we go through life. And what I think the technologies and medicine of the future really needs to be is ways to transmute that misinformation so that the appropriate information is guiding our physiology. 
Yeah. When I read that, you know, that title and saw blueprint, it was, it hit me as information. I know that so dearly is important that information we get that dictates whether we stay healthy or not. That is the originating pattern that moves on to energy and everywhere else. And I was really uh, happy to see early on, you mentioned one of your favorite tools and one of my favorite tools that is used to correct information is the ACMOS method. Can you go into that? Because I know it's something that so many people don't know about, but you're right. It's all about information and energy. So how, how did you how do you use ACMOS and what is it done in your practice? Oh my gosh. Well, it's, it's a revolutionary treatment in the course of many of my patients' healing journeys and it's dealing with the level of information. So I'll just back up and say, you know, every single thing in life has an information signature associated with it. You know, when you have, let's say an atom and you have electrons spinning around the, the nucleus of that atom they're doing that in a particular geometry and they have an electromagnetic field associated with it. So that information field is what makes that atom, that atom. And then a molecule is going to have a bigger field. A microorganism is going to have a field. A toxin is going to have a field. Every single thing, including collectively, kind of the neurotransmitters and emotion and you know hormones associated with a particular emotional state you know that has a field and some some information fields are beneficial for our physiology and some are not some are going to enhance our health and some are going to throw it off and so the ACMOS, the reason why it's been so important in the healing journeys of my patients is that I'm able to ask in the process of doing an ACMO session with, with somebody, I'm able to ask their bodies what pieces of misinformation are creating dissonance in their system and throwing off their physiology. Basically, what pieces of misinformation are obscuring the appropriate information? And so then through the process of ACMOS, I'm able to identify that, draw the, the information signatures out of the body and restore the proper balance and flow of energy through the correct information. And so you're asking, you're identifying, you're removing, you're rebalancing, then you're asking again, pulling, you know, identifying, pulling something out. And you're just doing this progressively over an hour period, let's say for an ACMOS treatment. And Sometimes it is the turning point for people because like you can work so hard to, let's say someone comes in with Lyme or multi-infectious disease, and you can treat those things physically with whatever modalities you're using, but the information signatures of those pathogens may still reverberate in the system and still cause almost as much harm as the, the organisms themselves. So until you go in there identify those signatures and draw them out of the body, the person still suffers. Right. And it's really interesting because most of modern medicine really only deals with the physical. And when you don't look at the information that's being input into the body or is there and don't address that, it doesn't matter what you do on the physical. And we get this because right now we're speaking over computers and we know the computers get viruses. They have misinformation, right? Corrupted computers can't work because of only information. 
It's rarely even the hardware on it. That's easy swap. That's like what conventional medicine looks at is the hardware. Let's give you a new upgrade on the RAM or something. Meanwhile, if there's still the wrong information there, it's never going to correct itself. We got a deep ray. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we, we are somewhat these spiritual computers that need the right information. And beyond information also, you talk a lot about dissonance. Yeah. And you know, one of the things I really liked reading that you talk about the nuances and the harmonic undertones that are essential to heal. Can you talk a bit about that? Because I feel that so many people don't have that nuanced ability, almost intuition anymore to even know what's right for them to heal or stay healthy. And so then they try and seek it outside by asking others, what do I need without truly knowing what they may need and may stay in an unhealthy state for a long time. So talk a little bit about that idea of dissonance. I mean, there's a bunch of, bunch of things we can talk about within that one question, but I would say that really it comes down to the fundamental structure of, of the universe, mm. you know, and the, the patterns and the, you know, the ratios and the eddies and the spins and all of that, you know, just like at the most fundamental structure of space memory. Well, our bodies hook into that. And so, so things that like, you know, that are essential for the human body, like, like magnesium or L-tryptophan or, you know, an essential fatty acid, those things are going to have these patterns that blend seamlessly with our unique field and signature, and they're going to be beneficial and enhance our field. And then there are going to be things that are, are, are out of harmony, you know, so to speak, and, and actually on a physical level are creating, let's say, free radical damage, generating inflammation, you know, these kind of things. But they're starting to disrupt the, the appropriate patterns that are required for our physiology. So, so you have some things that are in harmony with our system and some things that are not. And those that aren't are dissonant and creating this stress. And I almost liken it to static on the radio then. So, so you can still hear the, the music, but it's just less clear and it starts to disrupt, you know, the, the flow of the life force into the physical form guided by the appropriate information. So that's what ultimately leads to entropy, entropy breakdown and disease. So you might, then the other part of the, what you were asking there is like, how does someone know, you know, how does someone know when they're incorporating a lot of dissonance? you know, that's, that's, that requires tuning in and just really paying attention and, you know, determining if that, you know, the choice they're making is actually enhancing their health or not. But I think it really, really requires that people are critical about every choice they make, you know, think critically about it and really tune in before and after. Yeah. And I think that's incredibly hard in a time when you're right, there is so much static. And what I mean by that is there is fear on the news all the time, right? Over these last two years, we've seen a lot of that. There is constant chatter through social media. There's actually static in electromagnetic fields and 5G and things like that. And there's lots of static in toxins that we don't even know we're ingesting half the time or are constantly exposed to. What do you see to people? Because if you have that much static, it's incredibly hard to hear the whispers of your intuition telling you what's right. And I have so many people reach out to me, even on social media or email and say, hey, what do I do? I've been sick for a long time. What do I do? I can't answer that. As you know, 
It's not ours, even as a practitioner, it's not for you to answer what's right for them. It's for their own body to show you what's right for them in a sense and guide you in a sense. But what, what do you say to people like that? And what was brought up even in the book for getting past all the static and getting back into a state of being in touch with yourself? Well, it's funny. I follow you on social media and I see almost every post you've got yourself walking on the beach or, mm-hmm. you know, being out in nature. And I, I think that's one thing that you can mm-hmm. do. You think about like uncorrupted nature as like this coherent field. And so I, I believe that has a transmuting effect on the static. And so if you, you know, as much as possible, you can take yourself out of the crazy life that you're living and put yourself in nature like a coherent field you're you're going to just come back in touch with your yourself and kind of your unique sound so that's one way and then the other thing that i think is just mandatory like to have a, a successful life and like a in good health is meditation you know so i think if you can develop a meditative practice and really truly engage in it and have it be at least for a part of it a body-centered meditation where you're just really tuning in, grounding your energy into your, into your physical form, and then tuning in to areas in your body that feel a little off. You know, if you've, you're holding tension in your solar plexus or you have a headache or, you know, sore shoulder or, you know, a stomach ache or something, you really need to tune into that and try to try to kind of trace it back to its origin and, and, when it started for you and what you were doing at that moment, were you having an interaction with someone that was creating, reminding you of something from your childhood or, or was it, did it start after you, you slept next to your <laughs> Wi-Fi router or did it start when you ate something, you know, or used a product on your body or something. So you could, but it requires this kind of being very vigilant about your life and, and really, really just being in, enough in tune with yourself because of your meditative practice and your time in nature that you can can start to identify when you deviate from like a sense of of balance and and peace. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, so much of the dissonance, the static, are these artificial type things, right? Whether it's EMF or fear or things you see on a screen somewhere all around the world, and and then you look to nature for that order that that peace. And I think that's a big part. You talk even about grounding and other things you could do to connect with the frequencies of the earth. But I also loved, you know, seeing one of my favorite authors, and I'm sure you could share this in Dr. David Hawkins, and you, oh. you lean on power as force and that, that scale and the map of consciousness. And of course, always trying to raise your consciousness. How have you applied that in your practice with patients? Because I know here we were looking at that. We're always evaluating, you know, how to raise somebody's consciousness, but it's different for every practice on how you want to apply that with patients. So how are you looking at Dr. Hawkins work and kind of, again, how you see the world, how you perceive and raising your consciousness from fear, guilt upwards towards a healing one? How are you applying that? Well, I think it first starts with education and, and really understanding work like Dr. David Hawkins' work, where he was able to demonstrate, you know, the effects on the human body and the human biofield from having thoughts or engaging in practices that gener- generate different emotional states. 
And, and as I wrote in the book and, you know, he wrote throughout all of his work, there are, there are vibrational states that are beneficial for the body and those that are detrimental. Then there are emotions that have a particular calibration and those below 200 are weakening and those above 200 are strengthening. So I've just been talking with that, talking to my patients about this for, for quite a long time. And then when, when COVID hit and it was just like fear porn, like nonstop 24 seven on the media, I was just trying to urge people to just disengage from that. Like you're buying into it. If you're, if you're, you know, you just get addicted to it and it's going to really weaken you. Yeah. And, you know, I think that was the big thing over the last two years. A lot of people you saw that were in those lower states that were brought down because of everything started to suffer. And it's true. It's almost like Dr. Hawkins work was verified, right? As people started getting into this, you know, these, these feelings of, of fear of, you know, sadness and everything, isolation led to that. They start to suffer, not just, you know, in mentally, which we like to detach from medicine, but actually physically, you know, the, the, the number of people, I don't know if you saw, we saw it go through the roof. It was incredible. And what was interesting was the dichotomy. Mm. Like I could in, in a day, you know, maybe talk with like 10 14 people. And, you know, some would be, I'd be like, how are things? Awesome. Like, I'm just enjoying this so much. I've been spending more time with my family. I've been out in nature. I've been, you know, I love not having to commute and I'm doing all these things. I've been reading, I've been studying, you know, I've been doing, and then, and I've, I have patients who are like, I've got a meditation practice down now. And now I'm exercising every day because I'm not commuting, blah, blah, blah. And then I would have people that would just be diametrically opposed. I mean, they would just be so afraid that their health suffering, it was so clear what was going on. Yeah. And if I could have taken the fear out of people, I would have, and I literally tried in the beginning, you know, I was writing all these letters to my patients of like, don't buy into this. Da, da, da. And I realized I couldn't counter the barrage of propaganda that everyone was exposed to. And I just, there was just not, nothing I could do. I mean, occasionally I would reach somebody, but it was just, yeah, it was. No, we saw the same thing and you're right. It's so powerful. People were transformed within a short amount of time by the amount of fear that they had instilled in them. And, you know, people that were healthy suddenly became ill just because of that, that, and again, all that was, was really information. You know, even what a virus is, is information if you want to break it down, sort of. And that's, again, why you get the computer viruses, that analogy to it all. But the information was being corrupted and people quickly changed because of that. Did you notice that a lot of people got dementia in like two years? They actually developed dementia. Did you notice? Yeah. It was (laughs) striking. The neurological impact of something like that and almost always, you know, sympathetic state overactivated the adrenal fatigue, everything. There's a cascade of events that started with one trigger of fear. And, you know, a lot of what what we saw over the pandemic as well was a lot of this idea of what is truth, what is not. And almost that another book of Hawkins, Truth versus Falsehood. And there are so many truth seekers out there. And it seems like everyone wants to speak their truth these days, but you talk about truth with a capital T a little Mm -hmm. bit differently. Can you go into that and what that truth really is and how you established it in the book? Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, I don't know that when we're incarnated on earth, you know, if we can ever fully appreciate the highest level of truth, otherwise we wouldn't really need to be here. But 
I just feel that part of our evolution and, you know, you talk about the evolution of consciousness in, in any given lifetime is to try to resonate closer and closer with that ultimate truth. And, and it's, it's really about kind of combing through your biases and indoctrination and in, you know, the way that you've been socialized by your family and by your ethnicity, by your culture and really evaluating the beliefs that you hold based on whether they really are supporting you today. You know, so we, so many of us have beliefs that really guide how we perceive the world, you know, and I think we need to be kind of like teasing these all apart and really, really kind of holding them up for examination and, and critically asking like, is this, does this serve me anymore? Yes or no. And a lot of times if you do that type of work, you can get closer and closer to the truth. Yeah. You know, another thing that's, that's uh, really important you spent a chapter on is water and the quality of water. I was really happy as we both know, we've studied Emoto's work and talked about that and how important it is, but let us know how important is the quality of water that we drink? Vital. Yeah. I mean, we are 99% water by number of molecules. And we're 60% water by weight, but 99 by number of molecules. And a lot of people, you know, it's disp- people dispute that, but it actually is true. And it's because our other types of molecules are so much larger, you know, like our amino acids, our central fatty acids, you know, vitamins, minerals, et cetera. They're very large molecules, our DNA, but water is so tiny. It just literally interpolates in between all the crevices of these molecules and wraps around them. And, you know, we've got spiraling arrays of water around our, our spiraling DNA. And, you know, we're learning so much about how water orchestrates, even which genes are being expressed at any given time. And water provides you know, it organizes within our cells and along our blood vessel wall and in our intracellular organelles and actually supplies energy when it's in its organized structure and state to fuel a lot of chemical reactions or to fuel the unfurling of a, of a protein so that it can become active and do its job. And the water is responsible for that. And I just ended up interviewing one of my favorite biophysicists a couple of weeks ago, William Brown over at Taurus Tech. And we were talking about how water is really, you know, driving mitochondrial energy production. And it, and it is the interface between the unified field and this kind of unlimited energy in the unified field and our body's energy and our ability to produce energy within the body. And it literally is this interface for so many things. And I think that when we're drinking enough pure structured water, our bodies can function more as a unified entity and like a liquid crystal. And that's really how we were designed to function. And it allows, it amplifies the energy and information in the field at large that we are, we are a part of. Yeah, let's go that into that a little bit more because that idea of structured water, because so many people nowadays 
I mean, I don't know if you're like me and, and still cringe at people that, you know, ask for tap water at the table, but, you know, at least some people are now moving into the purified water and just filtered water. But then there's this idea that water needs to be structured properly. A lot of times, even through purification, it's unstructured and mineralized. So many things that you wrote about. How do you explain? Because it's it's not an easy topic to tell someone about structured water if they've never read Moto's work or really gone into it and just see water as water. It is H2O, right? What's the big deal here about telling me to structure it somehow? So how, how do you tell patients about structure? How do you explain that? Well, there's so many different ways that water gets structured, but the way that it's primarily structured in the body it actually assumes a different chemical configuration altogether. It becomes, instead of H2O, it becomes H3O2. And this situation kind of sets up a charge separation. So it, it pushes out the protons from the structured zone, and then the structured zone has a net negative charge. And that actually, that charge separation is almost like a battery that gets set up that, like I was saying, can fuel chemical reactions and DNA expression and unfurling of proteins, et cetera. And, you know, people have proven that that water can structure in clusters of eight or in clusters of five. And so there's a variety of ways it can structure. And then you have healing wells on the planet, like, like in Lourdes, France and other places. And Raymond spectroscopy has been done on the, the water coming out of these healing wells. And they have kind of a similar ultra structural characteristics. So Raymond is where they're bouncing a laser off of the molecules and seeing how the light scatters and the light will scatter in a very particular way at certain points on the planet. And these, these wells seem to have healing effects on the body. And even though they might differ in their mineral composition or something like that, the structure is the same. And that's probably influenced by geomagnetic fields of the earth at those points and the water is coming out of the earth. And, and so we know that water can assume structure and in various ways it does, and it requires energy to structure water. So, you know, whether the water is absorbing kinetic energy from its movement as it's eddying around rocks and, you know, in a stream or whether it's absorbing energy from the sun or infrared energy from the planet that energy is required for the water to assume structure. So then when you drink it, that energy is imparted to your body. Whereas if you're drinking water, just coming out of our pipes that are running at right angles to one another and, you know, and contaminated on top of it by like, you know, impurities coming, leaching out of those pipes, et cetera, that water, when it comes in the body is not structured. And our body, it has to use its own energy to structure it once it gets inside. Yeah. For the average listener out there that doesn't have the well or isn't sure about how to improve the quality of the water, what would you recommend? I know you give some resources in the book as well, but what would you say to them? So you want to make sure you purify your water. And so there's, there's you know, reverse osmosis, there's deionization, you know, there's a few ways to go about purifying water. You can also filter it through carbon block filters and things like that. But 
I would then move to structuring the water before you drink it. And there's so many great ways to structure water. Some are very inexpensive. Some are much more complex, but like, you know, just running water through flow form technologies, like for example, through a tube that has a bunch of like ceramic beads in it causes the water to kind of have a natural movement that mimics going down a stream. And then that, that provides energy for structuring that then is imparted to your body. Otherwise, you know, there are energetic structuring devices. You can put your, your water on magnetic structuring mats, and then you've got the flux, the natural magnetic flux field coming off the mat that is encouraging the, the water, which is, has kind of a, like a magnetic aspect to it to kind of move in a particular way. And even holding your water in more egg-shaped containers can cause this natural movement of the water that ultimately structures it. There's so many cool things you can do. There is. It's it's all out there. And that's the stuff I kind of geek out about. I know like even somavetic, U matrix, you could use gemstones and gem water to do it, infinity uh, water charges, like so much cool stuff out there. So people really do have so many solutions to live much healthier and have yeah. structured water these days, which is great. And to keep it on that and talking about healing tech and what's new, you know, you ended the book going into a lot, whether it's PEMF and all types of devices and everything. What are you excited about? What, what is new in your clinic? We haven't spoken in a while, so let's, let's, let's hear it. I mean, you were talking about LEDs in there, all sorts of stuff. So what are some of the devices and technologies you're incorporating that you're seeing great results with? Oh my gosh, so many. <laughs> One is photobiomodulation devices. Yeah. I love the red and near infrared light light devices. And I have a Novathor bed in my clinic that looks like a tanning bed and you get in and lay in there. And it's just got phenomenal research behind it. And, you know, I'm upregulating mitochondrial function and upregulating the expression of tissue specific growth factors, diminishing inflammation. Um, so many, so many great things. And clinically what I'm seeing is it enhancing energy, reducing pain and inflammation, really good for brain disease, like neurodegenerative diseases, great for athletic performance enhancement, recovery from exercise, you name it, even like very esoteric things like fluoroquinolone toxicity and things like that. Phenomenal device. And then I, I have a, a really cool device that has layers of tech in it that is called the Hocket. And it's like an infrared, um, ozone sauna capsule that you get in and close up to your neck. And then while you're in there, there's a super powerful pulsed electromagnetic field device that delivers electrons into your system. And that's like, you know, helping to charge the cell membrane and enhance the cell membrane potential, which is like the force field of the cell. And, you know, really even changes the pH of the cell, making it more alkaline, et cetera. And then while you're in there, you have your feet on plates that can deliver frequency information. So to support like detox pathways or to treat microorganisms and things like that. So love that device. And then I've been doing a lot with the, the Spooky 2 technology. Are you familiar with that? Well, after so, I read it in your book, I looked it up. So yeah. Yeah. So just, just removing dissonant signatures out of the system, basically, 
and, um, you know, kind of reading what they are. So it's, it's like a technology way of doing something that it will never probably be what Ocmos is, but it's a way to, to do that just kind of on a regular basis with people. So they, it's like a kind of like reading aberrant signatures, bouncing back corrective frequencies, doing it again and again in a biofeedback manner. And in, and then I'm starting a new center right now called Jizen Labs which I'm super excited about. And we'll have a suite of energetic technologies that includes the, what I just mentioned, but also Vasper bikes. So we've got like seven Vasper bikes, which is where you're exercising on a recumbent elliptical device with arms and legs. And you've got these compression cuffs delivering cryogenic liquid into the compression cuffs. So you're getting like the benefits of an aerobic and an anaerobic workout in 20 minutes and phenomenal results. That's very much uh, research technology showing like diminished inflammation in the brain, improved hormone profiles, better utilization of oxygen. Sometimes when you're doing the VASPR, you're, you're breathing oxygen at the same time with the LIVO2 device. And that's been shown with the, my team to really change brain maps when someone has like low voltage on quantitative EEG 19 channel EEG brain maps that the LIVO2 while doing VASPR has been incredibly helpful. And then we have cell gym technology, which is looking at cycling people between normal levels of oxygen and low levels of oxygen. So you're, you're lying horizontally with a mask on, and then it, this is European technology that, that cycles you through four cycles of, of like hypoxia, then to normoxia and, and back. And that's been shown to increase the expression of growth factors that enhance coupling of oxygen with the first enzyme in the mitochondria. So it's been really shown to really upregulate mitochondrial energy production, reduce inflammation, enhance the health of the inside of your blood vessels. So endothelial lining has been shown to sprout new capillaries and improve oxygen delivery to the tissues and just enhance cardio respiratory fitness. You know, so it's great for like Olympic athletes love this. It's kind of like going to altitude and training and then coming back down and feeling like, you know, super, superman. <laughs> and um, so we have hyperbaric oxygen and a lot of brain technology we're doing a lot of the things I think you guys are doing too. I was going to say, Dr. McDougal, that you and my father are so alike because he's been preaching to be about Norma Barrick chambers. And he went off to Poland and spent a night in one and said it was a main, did all the research and looked into it more. And, you know, because it's different than, of course, hyperbaric and you could spend more time and Norma Barrick is something more you could say during Jurassic times would give you that you know, the different gases in there that were of different pups. So what you're talking about is so similar. And I, that's why I'm kind of smiling inside because, you know, so much of this amazing tech, yeah, we're looking at it too. And I think that's the future, photobiomodulation, these ideas of, of changing the environment you're in, providing the right information, right? That is the future of medicine. It's amazing to see you're on the cusp of that. Absolutely. I mean, it's like I've said so many times, it's like we are derived from this field of energy and information. We emerge from it. And so let's let the field be our medicine and let's start working with the more fundamental aspects of the field for healing. So light and sound and electrons and information signatures, it's like this is really the medicine of the future. 
And the tech coming out right now, that's all kind of designed around enhancing mitochondrial function, stimulating mitophagy, kind of like clearing that the bad mitochondria out of the body, birthing new ones that are more pristine, you know, and the tech that's like enhancing tissue specific growth factor expression and enhancing the, the cell membrane potential by adding electrons into the system, the technology around structuring water and plenishing the water in the body. It's all of it is, is really getting at kind of the underlying factors for why we have illness and for why we age, you know? So if we are truly addressing this, we don't have to age like we thought we did. You know, it's like this whole concept of reverse biological aging is real and absolutely possible. And if you're addressing these underlying factors, not only are you not going to age, you don't get sick. You don't need to have illness. Is that why you created Dyson Labs? Is that because you call it bio-optimization, right? Yeah. And is, is, are you looking at it now from more about reversing chronic disease or addressing chronic disease to preventing it altogether and reversing aging? Yeah. Well, it's all of these things. It's, it's reversing chronic disease and reversing biological aging and just really helping people kind of realize that they have the power to affect the trajectory of their health. Like, you know, people have just this interesting mindset that, you know, you're supposed to age and it's like, you know, someone will be like, well, I am 55 and I'll be like, don't say that. Like, what do you, what? <laughs> but yeah, you just, just really to kind of let people know, like, this is, we have the knowledge now and the technology for you to take control of your health and the trajectory of your, of your health and your aging. And so that's what it's for. And so this is what we're creating here is truly a laboratory. So we have like an inc a huge diagnostic suite there where you can go in and you can do very sophisticated like VO2 max testing for cardiorespiratory fitness, which is kind of a window into your mitochondrial function. You can do test for the autonomic nervous system and voice analysis that's incredibly detailed at giving you a kind of data about different health issues that you have and um, you know structural assessment, et cetera. And, and then we have a full blood lab, of course. So we're doing, you know, like hormone panels and, you know, hemoglobin A1Cs and, you know, lipids and all of these things. And then you can begin these protocols that involve the technologies, the intravenous treatments, the practices that we're educating people about, you know, the intermittent fasting and caloric restriction and ketogenic diets and cleansing and things like that. And then you can data drive your experience. So we're benchmarking and everyone has the data at their fingertips on their app that we've created. And then they can go through the protocols and kind of check back and see how it's going. So so we, we really feel like this is a laboratory and people yeah. need to kind of take their health into their own hands and take advantage of the tools that are available today to really turn things around and prove that it's working. Yeah. No, it sounds amazing. That's opening up in June, correct? Yeah. Uh, right <laughs> around the corner. Can't wait. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be one of the first people, hopefully, to get to stop come. in. Yes. <laughs> I'd love to. Now, for those of uh, the people that are listening, saying this is all great, but what can I do at home? Because so much of this stuff is, you know, advanced technology in the clinic. 
very yeah. costly. A lot of it, you're not going to usually be able to bring it home, but there's still so much you could do. And, and I know you have some of your favorite products. So what would those be? Such a great thing to say, because it is true. There's so much you can do at home. And it really brings us back to the basics that we kind of started off talking about. So number one, meditate, like meditate, look at your sleep. And I think it is good to really, to really data drive the sleep situation so that you're understanding the factors that affect your sleep, like you know, what you ate for dinner and when you ate dinner relative to going to bed and what kind of macronutrients you included. And do you have Wi-Fi in your house or do you not do turn it off at night? Like, you know, all these things. So your sleep quality meditation, and then the water you're drinking and just what are you eating? Are you eating food that's replete with life force energy you know, and vital and going to be delivering the right nutrients to your body? Or are you eating food that's dead and devitalized and contaminated with, you know, preservatives and and pesticides and toxins of other varieties like glyphosate or whatever, you know? So it's just like really looking at what you're putting in your body, uh, what you're ingesting, and then looking at Again, to follow back up what we were saying before, looking at what you're, inge- you're ingesting even from a media standpoint, like from a social media standpoint, from a news media standpoint, like what are you exposing yourself to on a daily basis and looking at your thinking and what thoughts are you habitually thinking and what kind of emotional response is that are those thoughts generating in you? So I think that really understanding the, the the kind of the effects that our emotional vibration has on our health is is just absolutely critical. And when you do all of these things, and you know it 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 allows you to clear out the noise and become more in tune with yourself and really evaluate some of your belief systems and whether they're serving you or not, and that brings up your level of consciousness, which is the most important thing that you know, all this technology can just go away. And if you work on that, that's all you really, really need because higher states of consciousness transmute dissonance and and completely cohere the physiology and restore health. The tech is exciting. It's fun. It's nice. It's, It's a wonderful catalyst. It doesn't substitute everything you just said. That's what I've realized. Everything we have here is so tech-driven. People love it. They don't, you know, it's microchip, AI technology. You can use all the words, right? And they love that, but they won't do the normal stuff. They won't, you know, de-stress at home, eat good food, drink water, meditate, because they feel that the tech will do that for them, but it won't. It never will. You need that foundation. Then the tech can absolutely help much more. That's right. That's right. One of the things I did see, I want to ask you about, because I was really interested because I, I just this year started introducing Shilajit as a supplement in my personal, and you talked about Shilajit with seawater and you, you have this product, right? Called Mana. Yeah. It is my favorite product. On Tell Earth. me about it. Yeah. If I was going to take one thing, it'd be this. So Shilajit, as you probably know, Casper is is a resin that seeps out of the ground in narrow chasms in, in the Himalayas and other, other mountain ranges. But it is thought to be kind of decayed vegetable matter. You know, at one point in the Himalayas, for example, it was thought that there was a rainforest there. And when the land masses moved together, it submerged the rainforest. And it's like, you know, there's this resin that's like the decomposing matter of the rainforest that's seeping up you know, 
to the surface during just particular times of the year at certain elevations. And it's this kind of tarry substance. And it's been shown to have like incredibly high levels of humic and fulvic acids and all of the amino acids that we need and even essential fatty acids and some, some probiotics and things like that. And the traditionally shilajit has been kind of touted as a, an anti-aging supplement that, that the name originally is means the destroyer of weakness. And it's been, you know, like the, the Sherpas that like take people up to altitude, you know, that just have this incredible endurance, use it every day. And it, it, it's, it's good for, for strength, endurance, sexual performance, mental performance, you know, it's now and now in the current day, um, research is being done to kind of validate these historical observations on shilajit. For example, you know, there's been skin biopsies that humans have subjected themselves to that now has shown that it's upregulating the expression of genes that produce collagen. So it's been shown to be great for skin integrity and reduce wrinkles and also improve osteoporosis. So bone strength, the strength of ligaments and tendons and muscles. People have even subjected themselves to muscle biopsies. <laughs> That's been shown, you know, to enhance, enhance muscles and there's certainly been strength tests and, you know, in like, you know, fatigue, muscle fatigue tests. And so it's been also shown to enhance testosterone levels and, you know, like really optimize kind of hormone levels as we age. People and animals have been subjected to like cognitive testing and memory testing before and after taking shilajit. And it's been shown to enhance all of that. It's really like, you know, kind of nature's best nootropic and tons of research on mitochondrial upregulation. So it's, it truly is a way to, to kind of address all of these, like I was saying, these kind of fundamental underpinnings of aging and disease and as it was touted to do for, for hundreds of years. And um, when mixed with the, the we, we mix it with seawater from the Dead Sea and vortex it in such a way that just kind of renders all of the minerals even more bioavailable. And it's so, you know, I really believe that it's enhancing the, the cell membrane potential, which is really kind of a composition of the mineral balance inside the cell versus out, and also enhancing the flow of water into the cell, because you really need to have the appropriate mineralization in order to, to have optimal hydration. And so, you know, really what happens as we age? Well, we lose that cell membrane potential and our cells literally shrivel up and shrink. I mean, like that's that's why people's skin sags. That's why their disc height goes diminishes. That's why their bones become more brittle and their teeth begin to crack and decay and all of that. So, so, so truly, you know, this is addressing kind of like all, all of the fundamental aspects of why we age. Yeah. It sounds like an alchemically enhanced form of shilajit that you've created. Right. Yeah. And we know about that. We used to, you know, distribute Saluna, which you used to use back in the day in alchemical medicine. Okay. <laughs> I, I know. Oh my God. I'm, I, I'm still in touch with uh, Christopher Proler over there and uh, they, they still hope one day that things would change in the regulatory landscape adjusts. <laughs> 
But uh, that's what it like when you're telling me about this is what we do with the shilja in the vortex. And it's like a transmutation to enhance yes. it, which sounds amazing. I got to test this out and try it. I don't know. Why you I do. Didn't. And, and the, the, what, what the vortexing process that we use is actually creating ormus, you know, mm-hmm. from precipitates. And mm. you have these high energy substances going into the body that's really enhancing the kind of transfer of energy and information throughout the body. So it's like really lighting up the electrical system. And the things that we're seeing clinically are just kind of astounding. Like, for example, I was mentioning how a lot of people seem to really kind of slide down into dementia over the last couple of years. And sometimes you put someone on this product and they right away start having lucid conversations. Like it's almost like, boom, the lights get turned back on and they're, they're able to converse for the first time in, in, you know, a year or months. So it's, it's just, it's, it's really extraordinary. Amazing. And that's another word that I heard my father using a lot that he was excited about is Ormus. So again, you guys yeah. are on the same pathways there, yeah. which is amazing. You know, I uh, want to do a little shout out to your father because I was one of these individuals that was super blessed to have a childhood mentor when I was growing up that was kind of like an unparalleled individual. He was just such a brilliant man. And, um, you know, he really taught me a lot when I was young. And then he got Parkinson's and died when I was in, you know, just like outside of medical school. And that was just a huge loss to me. But, I, you know, a lot of what he taught me has really influenced me to the present day. And I never found a mentor after him that, that like, you know, was able to teach me as much. You know, I found lots of other mentors that I could learn like certain things from, you know, in certain areas, but he was just such a broad thinker and, you know, just the breadth of his information and the way he wove it all together was just so unlike anyone else I'd ever met. And I, uh, you know, heard about your dad and this was probably like, I don't know, 2010, maybe 2008 or so. And, you know, we had, we had some, pra- some patients that we shared and heard good things. And then I was like, I need to study with this guy. And I, it just, there was this kind of fortuitous set of circumstances that, that led to me meeting him. And I remember I had to walk across Golden Gate Park to meet him. And I was like, tra- just in New York. And I, I remember like borrowing a pair of shoes from my friend because I didn't want to wear heels like across the park. So I borrowed her shoes and they were they didn't me the best. And there was like the marathon happening and I had to like walk so much further than I would have. And I got to your dad, my feet were like all blistered and stuff. And like, it was like this arduous kind of trip across the park. But I was the whole time I was like, huh, I think I'm going to go meet another Rex, like another mentor. And, and it sure turned out to be because um, you know, it was a different relationship than I had with my childhood mentor. It's not like he took me under his arm and was like, oh, I'm going to just like, you know, groom you and shape you or whatever. But it was like an opportunity to, to really learn an extraordinary amount from someone who was a broad thinker and, and really understood biophysics, which was a huge area of interest of mine and also understood medicine. And what I appreciated was how he could look at things from the spectrum of the energetic aspect of the thing all the way to the chemical property of the thing and understand, you know, kind of it on all levels. And then he had this kind of profound understanding of 
consciousness and, you know, kind of spirituality too, and our place in the universe. So, so I want to say that, you know, he's probably next to my childhood mentor, my most important mentor that I've had in life. I'm sure that would mean so much to him because, you know, there aren't a ton in the medical field that really understand this kind of stuff, right? It's a small minority. So even when he connected with you, it would light him up. And I still remember trying to organize that and you running late and everything and getting you two together. And then, you know, for, for years on then you, you would train together and do all these things. So I know he really appreciated that as well and uh, took something out of that. So thank you for that. And, you know, as we wrap this up a little bit, I wanted to ask you because the book is filled with information. And, you know, for me, it was, it was a wonderful reminder and I learned some new things as well, but for some people, this will be a, a, a change in their paradigm change in how they even look at health and medicine altogether. What are three things that you'd want someone reading the book to take away from it? Number one, that we emerge from this field of energy and information that we exist within and that exists within us. And, you know, we emerge as a unique expression of this field, but we're inextricably connected to it, you know, we and everything else. So it is true from a physics standpoint, that we are all one thing, you know, we're all part of this one grand, beautiful thing. And the other thing that I think that is so important to understand is that matter is not static. It's literally forming and annihilating trillions of times a second. And like we're flickering in and out of existence, like, you know, so quickly that we look like we're always here. But what the reason why that's important is that it really gives us opportunity. You know, it's like there is truly an opportunity every trillionth of a second to, to form anew and to, to form according to more perfect information. And really, you know, that's what we boil down to is we are the, you, the life force that's ubiquitous in the, in the unified field that runs through all, all of creation. We are channeling that life force into the unique blueprint that then allows us to become this unique expression. And so every trillionth of a second, we have, a, we have an opportunity to improve that and to, to be formed according to more perfect information. Incredible. So that's maybe more than three, but that's no, two. It's, it's, that's <laughs> wonderful because it is true that we have so many possibilities, right? Think about that. Yeah. And the possibilities yeah. to improve our health, even if it's in the worse or dire, right? right. Uh, state that there's always that hope with that when you really break it down like that. So that's wonderful. Where can people uh, pick up this book, learn more about you and connect with you? Ah, you can get it on Amazon. You can get, you can get a Kindle version or an audio book. So all on all through Amazon and it's called your pristine blueprint, the missing key to longevity, reversing disease and radically transforming your life. Yeah, I highly recommend it. And if people want to work with you or connect with you, how would they go about doing that? They can reach me at clearcenterofhealth.com. And then very soon we'll have a live website. We have one up now that's more of a splash page, but jisonlabs.com. I cannot wait to visit. I haven't been out there in a while and I'm due and I need to see all this and try it out and be like a little kid in a you know toy store. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that'll be so fun to have you. Dr. McDougall, thank you so much. Thank you for the book, your work, everything you do. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to see what's next and stop by there. Okay. Awesome. So great to talk with you, Casper. 
It's great to connect with a doctor that gets it. You can't heal and address root causes without looking at those invisible forces that truly guide life. As more and more doctors do embrace this, I have no doubt we'll see a shift in medicine and the ability to reverse chronic disease as well as truly optimize health. With Dr. McDougall's new bio-optimization lab, Jizen Labs, she's bridging that gap of treating disease and optimizing health. Be sure to check out her book, Your Pristine Blueprint, available now on Amazon, and embrace this idea that at our core, we're not physical beings, but rather energetic and spiritual ones. This shift can make such an empowering difference in how you approach your health. Till next time, continue writing your own healing story.